Welcome to the Growing Home Podcast, where we hope to inspire you to lead a life of slow living, nourishing food, family culture, homemaking, and homesteading. This is where we cultivate new skills and fortify our joy alongside you. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Growing Home Podcast. Part um, your host, and <laughs> you're with Evan, your co-host, and we're so we love co-hosting this together. It's so fun. Um, so last week we talked about the first part of conception, preconception, conscious conception, all the things conception, and we're back to talk about it again because we could I think we could probably just keep talking about this all day long Evan and never stop so this is gonna be this is gonna be it for now we're gonna do this two-part and then I'm sure we will revisit it again in future seasons as yeah it's relevant to us and where we're at yeah I think we're always gonna have so much to share about this and it's so exciting like I don't know if it's like this for y'all out there but for anyone interested in mamahood, this is so much fun to think about and talk about. I was just figuring out my high low buffalo for the day. <laughs> uh, which we'll we'll we struggle with we explain struggle again. With yeah, yeah. Later we'll explain it. Okay. So we left off with a million notes left about this topic. Is there a particular point you want to dive in, or do you mind if I say some things about diet? I was yeah, literally I was gonna say maybe let's get into a little bit more of the practicality to start because I mean, we, we did talk about a lot of practical things last time, but let's talk diet. Okay. Yes. So we are not subscribing to any particular diet in our lives, really. Like, we're not like, we are this. Um, I think I generally eat a lot of like paleo leaning kinds of things, but not completely because I have a dairy cow and uh, milk is like a big part of our diet and stuff like that. So, um, but I think that in the vein of what we talked about last week with keeping it fun and not super stressful is just coming up with some hard stops. Like these things are an absolute no for me and I have really good valid reasons why they're not going to cause a lot of friction in my life to let go of things like artificial dyes. Those are just like a never for me. Um, There are some things I just don't compromise on and that's one of them. And it's super easy for me. And um, if you know me, you know that I, I often make cakes for people I make wedding cakes and birthday cakes and just fun like herbal cake creations. And oftentimes they are colorful, but that's never artificial dye. I always use natural stuff and we have so many natural things to use for color. I just find it completely unnecessary and way too risky. We know there are tons of studies, not that they're always reliable, linked to various consequences of natural dyes. So that's a good example of a hard no for me. Lauren, is there anything that comes up for you as a hard no? Baby just woke up, so we're going to transition. Um, yeah, we're going to see how this goes. Yeah, and I can just keep on if you want. No no worries. Uh, no, yeah, hard no's. I feel like, yeah, dyes are probably one of my only hard ones. No's. Honestly, like if I'm, I don't know, like there's always going to be a time when I'm going to stray from that. I mean, I don't really eat gluten because I have a lot of like I just have strong reactions to it I get really bad joint pain that's my my thing uh I don't know if I have like celiac disease I have no idea so I pretty much avoid that but 
I it's that's not a hard stop for me I would say I don't have a lot of hard stops I'd say I'm more like 80 20 or it's honestly probably more like 85 15 or 90 10 but I eat out usually once or twice a week and like I will get fries like I'm perfectly happy doing all these things and I think this is yeah there's 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 things that I wouldn't want to eat on a daily basis but I'm not mostly going to turn them down if it's an occasional thing I mean even when I'm eating the fries I'm getting a grass-fed bison burger I mean that's typical of me because it's just the places that we eat I'm not really eating at McDonald's you know what I mean uh but like if I'm having fries fried in sunflower oil twice a month I'm not super concerned about it but I mostly have things that I prioritize yeah I would say I eat mostly yeah paleo-ish kind of with with dairy I was also going to speak to the fact that during I really subscribe to the idea that during different times of life seasons of life my diet should and does look really different like when I was postpartum with bloom I mean I really postpartum early postpartum I was drinking so much milk like so much and like a liter more than a liter a day and that was that was right for me at that time and now I just I am not doing that I like I'm more focused on you know other things and I think there's (laughs) during (laughs) during pregnancy I have had quite a bit of food aversions and morning sickness and which is more like all day sickness uh, in varying amounts during my pregnancy. So I've kind of had to be like, I'm going to eat what I can eat and we can talk mm-hmm. more about pregnancy another time. But yeah, I would just say that my diet varies a lot in different seasons and I don't really change my, you know, 80, 20 or 90, 10 or whatever it is during preconception. I just kind of continue as I am. But right as, you know, right as you get up close to preconception, I might increase, you know, healthy fats and stuff like that. I'm, I would kind of transition from the phase where I'm at right now, which I would say is more like cleansing, leaning out a little bit from my pregnancy and postpartum, you know, feeling active and light and strong, and then kind of go back into the, the gaining phase, gaining weight, gaining you know, just more, more mm-hmm. like taking in more dense foods, more energy rich foods, yeah. you know the what I grounded mean? Grounded phase. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Grounded. Totally. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense too, because it's spring, you're not pregnant. You're not getting pregnant immediately soon. Oh, well, that's not the plan. Um, yeah. That makes total sense. There's a seasonality to all things, which we'll talk about yeah. more and more, but I totally feel that on like, I shared in the last episode that it's been recommended recently that I don't have milk but my body doesn't want to eat very many foods right now. I think partly because it is spring and it's a cleansing time. And, um, it's, it's like, if, if my body doesn't, if I'm not supposed to eat that thing, whatever it is, but I don't want to force myself to eat something else to replace it with, I'm not going to, because that stress is, I think more important to me. Okay. So that kind of, I mean, covers a little bit of diet. I think, yeah, just like what you said, leading up in a preconception manner, you can have a period of like where I'm at, which is I quite a while before I'm planning to conceive of detoxification of um, trying to chelate any metals. And um, I'm trying to actually break down the excess fat that I have right now because it's storing mycotoxins. And we've talked about that a lot, but so I'm in a phase of trying to lean down and take this stuff out of my body. And then right before conception, I think I will bring in a lot more 
um, fats and mineral rich foods and um, like eat probably more veggies too than usual and lots of uh, red meat probably. Um, But yeah, there's just phases to that. Yeah, I think we could talk more specifically about, you know, some supplements or whatever we want we want at a at a different time. We do have an episode about that too that kind of goes into that a little bit more, but we're not yeah, we're not necessarily going to go into our whole, you know, pregnancy supplement routine, but we can do that in the future. Yeah. And I wanted to talk about building strength because I feel like that's something that's on my radar a lot right now and something that's really important before I conceive is I really want to uh, strengthen my all of my muscles and get into like a, a powerful state so that I can um, confidently carry everything so that my, all my organs are really supported by healthy muscle around them. And I'm going to try to use as many functional movements as possible to get there and achieve that. I do use some weight training, um, but I also wanted to prompt you, Lauren, to talk about pelvic floor health because I think that's a huge thing to prepare for with preconception. Bloomy is waving at me and she is so adorable. If y'all ever want us to record these so you can see our faces while we're talking, let us know. Yeah, I think pelvic floor health and my experience with a birth injury and prolapse, it's, I think I might, maybe I'll record like a solo show about this because we've talked about how we're going to record solo shows every now and then, but I think I need to do like a whole a whole thing and kind of talk start to finish but essentially you know there it's one of those things like I said where it's like you can plan you can prepare you can do all the right things and then there's unexpected you know and it's like I have this you know pretty perfect home birth with no complications and then I, I had a birth injury and I do think there's an aspect of that that factors in to basically all of what we're talking about today all of preconception even considering any future children after that is there's this added sort of weight of okay well I don't want to make this worse I don't want to be you know feel like I can't do normal things and like I don't feel good and all these things (laughs) Bloom's trying to grab the mic so cute Uh, so yeah and I think there are ways that you can set yourself up uh for the best possible outcome and and there's always going to be unknowns. So I think that's, those are just those two things that are going to be both be true. But, but I think there's so many things that you don't think about, like, um, you know, chronic constipation or, you know, bearing down when you're having a bowel movement or uh, sitting in certain positions for long periods of time or doing a lot of belly breathing versus a lot of rib breathing or, you know, there's just, there's so many things I can, I can talk about so many things. Posture. This is an area where I've, yeah, spent a lot of time and energy over the past couple of years after being, you know, I didn't have any of the risk factors. I didn't have any, I didn't have any of the the things and the amount of people that have reached out to me and said, I had a birth center birth. I had a home birth. I had no complications. And I, I have dealing with this too. And I mean, I've seen crazy studies. I've seen crazy studies about like, you know, it's, it's like 50% of all people that have had one pregnancy and birth have some level of prolapse which is really interesting and I think there's I think there's an aspect to this is my personal belief that there's an aspect to organ movement that is probably just normal uh and then there's and 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 if you're asymptomatic you'll probably not know because everyone is everyone is always like 
yeah, my vagina looks different after birth. You know, everyone, it's it's just a colloquial thing. Like people just say that. I haven't like, heard that. Really? Well, I think I've yeah. heard one person say that it's, um, yeah, it's a little different after, but. Yeah. And, and I, and I think obviously there's, that's true, you know, but I think there's also, yeah, you're just, you're taught to expect that. So, so when you don't have symptoms, you don't know, which I think is great. I don't think you need to know, really. I don't think people that have stage one or even two prolapses need to be particularly focused on it because I think that honestly is, is is the issue for a lot a lot of people is that you know like for me it's like if I'm thinking about it I'm gonna have symptoms you know and yeah there's there's all these things there's all these things I could talk about but yeah I mean hypopressives are a great place to start doing things that are functional and are and are helping you you know before before the fact and and also like I'll just say this Kegels are not the answer. Uh, having a strong pelvic floor is actually not necessarily, you know, mo- like for example, on in, in PT tests, like I always tested perfect on strength. Your muscles are not what's holding your organs in place. Um, it's ligaments. So yeah, your pelvic floor strength really has nothing to do with prolapse. I mean, there's, and then, you know, you want to, you want to be strong, um, and you want your glutes to be strong, you want your legs to be strong, you want you want all these things to be strong, but not tight, because that can help you with your posture, which helps with prolapse. But yeah, I mean, I also I have a connective tissue disorder that that is a risk factor. A lot of people have it. Ehlers Danlos. I, I actually I don't have it confirmed, but everyone, you know, I, I believe I have this. So so there's all these there's all these things, and and also I just wanted to say like it's not. Because uh, I, I do have people message me still just from those stories that I did saying, like, I'm really scared to have another baby. And I mean, I've had another baby now after that. I don't have any worse symptoms or grade, which is cool. But it's I still and I do feel way more confident thinking about a third than I did about the, about a second. But it's not a death sentence to your fertility. It doesn't have to be your last child. You know, you but but there you know, it does add an aspect of of more to consider, hmm. I would say. Uh, yeah, I just talked about that for a long time and I could say so much more. So I'll stop for now and just say that pelvic floor health is something to consider uh, prior. Yeah. It's something I want to work on just before. I mean, and I, I think I know so little about this, but from what I've heard from you and the myofascial um, specialist that I saw once, not for my pelvic floor, but just for other fascia in my body, um, she said that tension is most often the issue in women's pelvic floors Mm -hmm. that actually you don't want to just strengthen. Like you just said, you don't want to just tighten it and do Kegels all the time. You want it to be relaxed and soft and I'm not like kinked kind of right. Um, They need your pelvic floor muscles need to be able to yield in childbirth um, and be fully relaxed. If you're tightening your pelvic floor, that's definitely going to be causing more harm than good. And some people don't know how to not tighten their pelvic floor because we walk around as women, we walk around with our pelvic floors like tightened as just uh, that's like a lot of people do that. So um, the sucking in play into that. Yeah. Well, and and I think that sort of has a lot to do with with my personal thing is I always have like my my abdominal muscles are so tight and I'm always like doing that and not because I'm like oh I want my stomach to be flat it's just like how I can hold myself. yourself yeah 
Yeah, and and that's clearly like a, a mechanism for weakness in other areas or certain postures and stuff like that. So I was taught to suck in from the time I was like 13 years old. Like told that's just what you're supposed to do um as well. Right, like that's engaging your core. No, it's not. It's bad. Yeah, so there's so much to learn there for me. I'm just diving in, but like yeah, if you have any issues sneezing or something, it might be something to look into. Um okay, so pelvic floor strength and then what was I going to say about it too I'm not sure I remember oh hi oh um okay sorry we're having some distractions but thank you for being patient because we have family as the priority hi bloomy girl she's so cute okay so I forgot what else I was going to say about that but yeah I want to build strength and um be able to carry pregnancy with ease yeah I would say oh like I would love to get back into more strength building before I would consider a third uh just it doesn't have to be crazy but just you know even just body weight things things that you know are are good for you and just working on and when you're when you're breastfeeding and you're sitting a lot you form patterns so I think it's even more important with subsequent children that you're really focused on addressing those patterns you know, before conceiving again. Yeah. And we spoke to lowering, lowering the toxic burden in the previous episode a little bit now, but, um, that is one of the ways that I want to lower my toxic burden. Yeah. Like we spoke to is the more muscle you have, the more fat you're burning and you do store most of your toxins basically in your fat. So if you have a lot of extra and you know, you've been exposed to something, that's a good place to start. And um, it doesn't have to be about looks or anything like that. It can legitimately be for health. And it doesn't mean you want to go lower than like what a healthy female body needs. Like you still want to have some fat. That's what makes us fertile. Um, I always wonder about, like, I'm so impressed when women have abs, but I'm also wondering like, what is, what does that do for us hormonally? Is that safe? Yeah. That's an interest I've had lately. It's like, huh? Okay. If you um, have abs and you want to chime in, I'd love to know. <laughs> Okay. And then nourishing the mind and body. We've spoken to this a little bit too, protecting our mindscape and our, our heartscape. Like I said earlier, and you said, I don't listen to birth stories. If I'm in a particularly sensitive space around that and trying to create something I grew up, I'm sure like many of us, uh, made to be kind of terrified of birth, like told horror stories, women in my family talking about how awful it was. And like, you know, the whole hospital thing, having been induced myself for my doctor to go on a Christmas vacation. Like there's all these things that we're aware of and um, choosing a natural birth kind of shifts a lot of those things out of my field naturally. Like I'm not worried about being induced early and all that kind of stuff um, for convenience and all, all those things. But there's still something I'm working on just erasing it's like just that's a deep-seated fear that was given to me from the time I was really little and that's a lot to undo so protecting everything that you consume mentally around it is super important if you're in a conversation with women and they start talking negatively about birth it might just be a good idea to leave that situation if you're trying to achieve a certain outcome and goal and you want to believe in a beautiful birth story for yourself protect it like you don't have to worry about oh, is that being rude or <laughs> just do what you need to do. Be kind about it, but like you don't have to engage in those kinds of scenarios. And I'm, I'm sure we all find ourselves in those scenarios. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think it's 
undeniable like in the culture that we exist in that we are all indoctrinated since since I can remember I remember being a child and watching this show uh, on TLC Uh, I think it was called bringing home baby I could be wrong it was something about that and they showed like they showed births they didn't actually show the actual like the vagina and all this stuff but they showed the whole birth and it was, I mean, now I'm thinking, and I loved it. I loved it. I thought I wanted to be an OBGYN or a midwife, and I've always been really interested in birth, but thinking about it, I'm like, wow, I was this, like, seven, eight-year-old girl and learning, like, oh, this is how birth is, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, for everyone, there's deconstruction, another buzzword to do <laughs> around <laughs> On learning. A- around, Whatever. yeah, around this this topic and even if it's not like I actually felt really excited going into my first my first birth which um I think is uncommon like I think it's more common to be nervous about it but I felt so good I was like my pain tolerance is really high I'm gonna be super chill I'm gonna be one of those women that just feels super chill about it and that wasn't my experience and that's totally okay (laughs) and I needed that I needed that experience uh but it definitely left me with this story of like Uh, birth is hard for me and some women just get to have these pain-free like great births and like orgasmic births yeah totally and 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 then I had um you know I think I had a lot of work to do up to Bloom's birth and then I had a really different experience and I had such a great birth and now I'm really toying with the idea of like huh I wonder if my next birth could be totally pain-free you know and I have all these things I told Trevor I was like there's this course I want to do it's $1,400 (laughs) um I'll tell you about it okay and uh yeah and I think this kind of brings me to all of these I don't think you have to have it all figured out before conception, but I think considering all these things, like where am I going to want to birth? Who am I going to want to have there? What is my prenatal care going to look like? How do I want to do this? Do I want to, you know, have a free birth? Do I want to have a home birth with a licensed midwife? Do I want to have a hospital birth, birth center? And why? And really getting clear on the why and being really prepared for there to be pushback. I, I mean, I got a pretty decent you know, pretty decent amount of pushback during my first pregnancy of people being like, what? You're going to have a home birth? And I was super young too. Like Trevor and I were really young when we got pregnant with Jasper and we were like, this is what we're doing. (laughs) And uh, I think maybe starting to plant those seeds with family members that you think might have issues. I think doing that like before you even get pregnant and there's all of that because because everyone's invested and that when when you're like I'm pregnant and this is what I'm doing let them burn through the harder. stress first yeah, yeah before totally. you get to the point of having a baby you don't want those messages yes. the week of your birth like you don't well, want And honestly you will get them like yeah. I actually started funnel I mean maybe not everyone will but some people a lot of people will and and even even though we had talked about it you know in the very beginning um, this is again, this is something I was just talking to a friend about this past week. And she was saying that she she thinks like her, her family is going to be really upset about it. And I said, I think there's this initiation um, when you become a mother where there's going to be like pushback on every level from different from different people. And and I think pregnancy and birth are kind of that first time that a lot of people mm-hmm. get to 
to step into that role and be like, this is my child. This is, I know what's best for them. And this is my choice. Uh, but for me, that kind of looked like at the end, I funneled everything to Trevor. <laughs> I was like, if you have questions or concerns, contact Trevor. <laughs> And he did a really good job of just, I told him, I was like, I do not want to hear any of it. Like, I don't want you to even relay the don't information tell me. <laughs> to me. Don't tell me. Just and handle it. Yeah. There's all these ways that we can protect our energy, but I think getting really, really clear on what you want and co- conveying that to the people that are important to you as much as possible is yeah. going to benefit you. And you can always do it lovingly. And like, I see some, some women advocating for like, you know, being kind of rude about it. You don't have to do that. You can be very fiercely, gently protective. Like, Hey, I just want to go ahead and let you know. And I wrote about this in my notes, wanting to create boundaries with people and family and friends. You can say like, Hey, this is what I'm going to do. It's very important to me that this decision is respected. I understand if you have questions or concerns, but I ask that you seek the answers to those things elsewhere because I need to protect like the feelings of safety that I have around this. And yeah, I think it's totally fine thing to say. Um, That's something I've already started doing that, like planting the seeds. I think that's really important. Uh, My, I asked my mother and mother-in-law recently, like something about, I don't remember how it came up or how it was phrased, but it was like, do you know what kind of birth we're interested in having? And they're just both like, yeah, at home by yourself, (laughs) you know? And uh, I was like, how did you know that? Like, we just, we know you, you talk about things like, we're paying attention to who you are and it's it's really good for them to know that so far ahead of time it gives them I mean they they're so invested in you they're your parents like it makes sense that they're worried about you they're completely used to a different way of birthing and that's all that they've ever known you know um so to be understanding that they're fearful but to protect your space at the same time it can be very much supported by just giving them a lot of notice this is what's going to happen. This is who's going to be there. This is when you're allowed to come around. And it's not because I don't love you and want you there. It's because I understand the physiological process of birth. And, you know, all these things can be explained. Totally. And I will say, like, even though we got some pushback, none of it was crazy. No one was like, you know, it wasn't it wasn't that big of a deal. You know, now looking back on it, it was totally fine. And and I think it really set a precedent. I mean, and we were not we were not rude with anyone and we didn't get, you know, it, it never got into the fight territory. I mean, I think for some people it will. And sometimes there is a time to say, like, I'm actually I'm not going to to talk to you in this season. Like I'll be available after or whatever. Like there's certainly times if someone is really disrespecting a boundary, then there there is a time to just cut it off. Like I think that's 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 real um but that didn't it didn't come to that for for us and I will say like this my second birth I didn't actually mention anyone that we were have like not having a midwife uh I just didn't think it was necessary they just knew we were having another home birth and I mean no one even no one even asked me anything at all this time I think I just set the precedent so much the first time that you know people were really they were really on it. They were really confident. They were like, okay, they've got it. They, they know what they're doing. So yeah, I mean, you taught, you said it well, just communicating, planting seeds prior, I think is really beneficial. And yes, communicating boundaries lovingly and, and totally understanding where people are coming from while also still protecting your space, I think is really possible. Yeah, totally possible. I love that. Um, Let's see. Okay. So 
we just decided with all of our notes going in and all of the all of the things needing our attention that we're going to do a part three, which I mean, makes sense because we still have a lot of things to talk about. We want to talk about dreaming up names, like all the fun parts of nesting, um, things that you do like at the end to focus on your marriage before the dynamic shift in- entirely. Um, we'll talk about all these things in a few others. Yeah, I want to talk a little bit about... Um conception while breastfeeding Mm. and uh, natural child spacing and choosing, you know, choosing sort of the gaps that are right for your family. And also, I just wanted to say one thing was that I, I, I really get that this, this conversation can be probably really, for lack of a better word, triggering for some people, because here we are, you know, being like, this are all the ways that we're preparing. And, and I'm like, oh, whenever I want to have a third baby, it's like, I know these things are, it's not like this for everyone. And who knows? I mean, just because I had two easy conceptions doesn't mean that that's, oh, right. I don't know what mine would be like. Yeah. You know, Evan doesn't know what hers are going to be like. And I just, I can imagine and like empathize so much with this being too much for people, you know, if someone's struggling with infertility or miscarriages, like I can just see all the ways in which us idealizing it in this way isn't, isn't for everyone at every time. And also Mm -hmm. it's for us right now. And I'm sure it will be for some people that are, you know, interested in hearing us chat about this and maybe have their own thoughts about it too. But yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll do with part three. And if you if you have any questions, we both, you know, are willing to take them on, you know, social media or how, however you want to message them to us. Yeah, you can always send questions and thoughts to growinghomepodcast at gmail.com too. We would love to know your thoughts and where you're at and what you want to hear about. And um, obviously, we're not experts, but this is what feels really relevant and exciting for us in our preconception journeys. And I hope it's an invitation for it to be fun and nerdy for some of y'all because it's fun and nerdy for us. Yeah. Right now. I'm sure there will be difficult seasons and uh, more fun seasons too. Okay. So Hilo Buffalo, and I wanted to explain again what Hilo Buffalo is real quick. So high is like a really fun, great, happy point in your week. Low is, you know, a low from your week. And then Buffalo is something unordinary. Um, something strange and not common that happened in your week. So my high, and I can say this because this is going to come out after the fact, and I don't know if he's going to listen to it, um, but Mason's birthday is next week. Hi, cutie. Bloom is making faces. Up. <laughs> uh, Mason's birthday is next week. He turns the big 3-0, and uh, his mother and I planned a little casual gathering for him this weekend, and he doesn't know about it. And I just love doing that. Last year, I got him good. He didn't expect it. And it's just a lot of fun. He thinks that I have a cake client for a three-year-old this week, but I'm really making his cake. (laughs) And that's just fun for me. Okay. And then uh, low is, oh, we're just in like a really rushed season and having trouble creating space for slow moments and relaxation. And yeah, we're just in a really busy season. And Lauren and I have been talking about busyness as something we want to banish and change so I'm sure we'll we'll talk maybe we should have a whole episode about that um but that's been a little hard to be rushed into finishing so many big projects and things um one of the things that are rushing is it's going to be a great thing but it's just we have a short amount of time to prepare we have three tenants moving onto the property um for a temporary season and that starts in like a week or so 
uh, my best friend and her boyfriend are going to come out and put a yurt up for about a year is the plan. We'll see how things shift as they do, but um, about a year and they are running from mold. <laughs> um, and uh, it might be their last season to live in Texas. She and I used to live together for years and it felt like a really good last opportunity to be close in proximity for a long time and have fun before she leaves. So I was excited when she asked. Um, and then their roommate and friend who is becoming a friend of mine is also going to be moving into our little barn area. And that's temporary. I don't know how long, but that feels like a really big deal. I mean, frankly, we're very like private people. And so in that way, it's going to be pushing us. And in other ways, it's going to be bringing like a lot of really beautiful community opportunities and um, just company out here. You know, we're kind of far away from things. And I'm really going to cherish that time with Emma before she moves. So that's mine. What's yours? Okay, I don't have a low this week because I just couldn't think of one. And I, I already kind of like made one on the last. Oh, made one on the last podcast. I was like, what is one? So I don't have one, which I think is good. Although I feel like there's just been this weird energy of communication this week where there's been all these miscommunications with people. So yeah. I guess maybe that's a low, but it, it has not been bad. Mercury's in Gatorade. I'm just kidding. I don't know. <laughs> I just like um, to say that joke. Um. Okay. And then my high is is all the warm weather. If you guys know me, you know that I love heat. And I live for the, like, heat of the summer here and all the water. I think everyone, most people that live in Texas are just not, they're just not very happy about it when it starts getting hot. Except for me. Like, I just love it. I live it up. Great. Um, so I've been really happy about that. I had a really nice swim in the spring yesterday. Ooh. And then my buffalo, which is really not that crazy, but I think we mentioned this a couple episodes back, which is that my chickens kept escaping the, like, back part of our property. That's the part that's fenced in. And they literally squeeze themselves between these, I don't know, they must be, like, three or four inch gaps in uh in our bars and i have seen my biggest hen squeeze herself through there i i i couldn't even believe it like i tried to jam her through there one time i was like i don't think she can fit and then i saw her and she's like she's like getting in there she was like it was crazy so anyways this they yesterday usually it's just one or twos out there but no yesterday they basically all were getting out all day and i had to keep getting them back in getting them back in so this morning i just made it a priority before trevor went to work uh, that we just went and put up a bunch of like wire along the the bottom few feet so now I don't think they'll be able to escape but uh, we have a lot of roaming dogs here so I've been like nervous that I was gonna walk out front and see a dead chicken but no they're just out there out there on the driveway just, just walking all around being just has they have no no sort of chickens are not very smart like they would they would just get eaten right right in one moment by a dog so anyways if you haven't chased a chicken you really ought to I think that's the humbling experience everyone should be required to have chasing a chicken even with a salmon nut it can take you a long time oh my gosh it's really hard if they really don't want to be caught that'll like, break your is, pride it really will I'm like you're just a tiny little bird most of mine are pretty like they're pretty good about me picking them up but I do have a few that I was trying to chase in yesterday and they're just literally running away from me. I'm like, how are you faster than me? They're I don't so even fast. understand. And they're little and they dart back and forth. And they, then it's the they darling. freak out when you catch them. That's the yeah. hard part for me. 
Yeah. Like, I'm trying to help you. You're going to get eaten tonight if I don't put yeah, you in. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I think that's something everyone should have to go through. Yes. Okay. So I'm going to say a quick closing prayer. I have had both children on me now I was gonna for say, quite a while. I want y'all to know how impressive it is. Lauren has had baby and four-year-olds and they've been showing me toys in the camera and <laughs> playing. She's done this for like the last I hope I still got minutes. some coherent words out. Um, one second, Jasper. I'm going to be with you in a sec. We're going to pray. Can you fold your hands? Close your eyes. Yeah, thank you. Uh, dear God, we thank you for the opportunity to... Do you want to pray, Jasper? Yeah, you mm. want to pray? Oh, yeah. Turn the microphone. Okay, go ahead. Thank you for saying... Thank you, Jasper. Okay. We thank you for this day and for these beautiful children that have chosen to join me as we record this podcast. And I pray that everyone that is listening gets something from us and is able to connect with us in some way and that we're able to convey what we really want to here and that we're able to do what you want us doing. I ask that you bless everyone's week. And if anyone is on a current free conception or conception journey, that you will bring them peace and joy in this season. And we just thank you for every child that is such a blessing to our lives and our world. And we just thank you for everything that you've done in our lives currently and recently. And I ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. This is a lot of fun. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the podcast. I hope that it's brought value into your lives. For a minute here, I'm going to share about some things that have brought value into our lives. We've chosen just a couple of sponsors this season, and these are companies that we trust, that we use in our daily lives, and that we feel confident about bringing to you. The first company is Purity Coffee. Now, I love this coffee, and there are a couple of things that set it apart. The first is how they test their coffee for mold. As many of us know, as coffee is processed, it often molds, and so this is an important part of the process. If you listen to the podcast, you know that Lauren and I have both gone through extensive journeys with mold, And so because this is a staple for my family, it's very important that when I sit down for a cup of coffee, I know it's not a steaming hot cup of mold. I've never found another coffee company that's more forthcoming or honest about this process. The second thing is the taste. Their beans are not over roasted, which I find to be super rare. They retain their flavor and complexity, and I just really appreciate that. It makes it a really enjoyable part of my day. Now we thought if there's anyone who can get down with animal fat in their skincare, it's probably our audience. So we're going to share PermaEarth with you. This company uses grass-fed tallow and pastured lard from small farms doing things the right way to create a wide range of skincare products. Everything from lip balm to face masks to soap to deodorant. These are products that you can pick up the bottle, read the ingredients list, and completely understand what's happening in just a few seconds, which we really love. They're nourishing, full of vitamins and minerals from these healthy animals, and very versatile. My favorite right now has been the SPF. It's the most simple I've ever found. It's just tallow, vitamin E, and non-nano zinc oxide. It doesn't get any simpler. We hope you check them out. 
So we're gonna link both of these companies below and some of the companies that we also work with outside of sponsoring the podcast and link every discount code that we have. These are all companies we trust. We hope that you give them a try and we wanna hear what you think of them. Thank you again for listening. I hope you have a blessed week.